the message. It comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse, verse 18 through chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Let us pray. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. Articulate your heart through my voice to your people. Let the transformation of our lives be wrought thoroughly by the Holy Spirit in response to your truth. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to remind you today of our vision of what one anothering means. If we want to be like Jesus, we have to do life the way Jesus did. So for our series over the next few weeks, we are going to explore how we can give whatever we are learning about, how we can receive whatever we are learning about, and how Jesus was our example and gave us instructions about whatever we are learning about. And today's message could be called Cheerleading for Jesus. We'll probably just stick to encourage one another. Although cheerleaders are really a great example of what Paul is talking about here. Have you ever been to a high school football game? The cheerleaders are usually pretty spirited. Even when the team is losing, they keep doing cheers and working the crowd. If you have ever been to a high school football game where the skill level was very uneven, and one team was racking up points against the other team who had none. You know what I'm talking about when I say that the cheerleaders are often the only ones still being positive for that losing team. <laughs> Go, fight, win! Hustle, hustle, hustle! V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory, victory. It seems really hard to say or shout or do gymnastics when your team hasn't scored a single point. But that's the idea, to keep reinforcing the idea of possibility, even while the reality is playing out in front of you. 
And that's what Paul is telling the Thessalonian church. Keep encouraging one another, even though it seems like things aren't going well. In fact, this particular church was afraid of a specific thing. Dying before Jesus came back. And not being ready when he does. And Paul tells them, you don't have to worry about those things. They're, uh, they're things that are going to happen. We know that Christ is going to return. But you don't have to worry about the time or the day or when that's going to happen. And if you're following Jesus, you're already ready. There's nothing else you have to do to be ready. You just have to keep following Jesus. He tells them that the dead in Christ, those who have gone before, are going to rise first at the coming day of the Lord. And he tells them all of these things, and then he says, make sure you keep telling each other these things when one of you is struggling. Because you see, Paul knows that there will be days when the immediate struggle, the things that are happening in the here and now, will make it seem like the future victory is not possible. That it's not real. It's not ever going to happen. So Paul says, keep telling each other about the hope you have in Jesus. Keep reminding one another about the truth of the gospel. Keep the words of faith in front of yourselves so that in the darkest moments, you can still see the light of the world. Paul reminds the Thessalonian church that their hope is sure, that the promises of Jesus are real, that the faithfulness of God is certain. In this circumstance, the Thessalonians are worried about what happens when they die and whether or not that means they've missed out on the future of Jesus. And Paul says, no. You don't have to worry about those things. But sometimes that's what we get discouraged about too. Loved ones pass away. We're concerned about what happens next. We have other concerns too. Things like Las Vegas happen. Hurricanes in Florida, Texas, Puerto Rico, Louisiana. Earthquakes in Mexico. Children who are lost or sick or wounded. Jobs that are lost. Personal health issues. Family drama. All of these things can cause us to wonder about our own situation, to be concerned about what faith means in a time of trouble or a difficult place. And Paul reminds us that when we can't see the future hope for the present struggle, that we should reach out to one another. One of the ways we do that is just by coming to church. You know, we read a lot of scripture on a Sunday morning. We do four passages before we even get to the sermon, which sometimes is another completely different passage. And then there's other scriptures woven into the sermon as well. And one of the reasons that we do that is because it is through the word of God that we find the Holy Spirit ministering to us. 
Yesterday, I went and saw Mary at the hospital. And one of the things that we talked about, well, we talked about a few different things. One of them we talked about was the idea of the Philippian study. And she said, that's one of my favorite books. And she said, but one of the things that's really encouraging me is the idea that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Even in this moment where she's feeling so much pain and she's in so much difficulty, she's finding encouragement from the word of God. And we can't do that unless we know it. And we can't know it unless we hear it. And so knowing and owning that truth comes by hearing it over and over and being immersed in God's word. If you're going to come to the Bible study on Wednesday nights, you're going to be encouraged to read the book of Philippians every week for the duration of that study. It might be a hundred week long study. I haven't figured that out yet. But every time you read that passage, every time you read that letter, you are getting more and more of God's word embedded in your heart and mind. Barna Group did a study and said, one of the key characteristics, no matter your denominational affiliation, no matter your Christian status, of understanding Christian growth, of feeling like you went from point A to point B in your Christian life, of becoming a more mature Christian in your Christian life, the one thing that set that apart wasn't age, it wasn't uh, gender, it wasn't marital status. The one thing that set that apart was whether or not you read the scripture on a regular basis. The more you study scripture, the deeper your relationship with Jesus becomes. Every time you know more of the word, you can be a source of encouragement directly to yourself, or you will find yourself finding ways to use it to speak into the life of others. As we gather every week, we often hear of someone else's struggle, and that gives us the opportunity to come alongside of them and offer them encouragement. This week we had a guy come in from Texas. I call him our worship consultant. He was here for a week. His name was Uriah. He was an encouragement to me just by being here, by being willing to use his talents to further the kingdom, to help out with some things we needed. Yesterday, Lisa and Tim brought me a sandwich and a cupcake. Well, they brought me two cupcakes. I could only eat one cupcake. That was an encouragement. A few weeks ago, Barb and Joyce visited with Debbie when she was gone for a few Sundays. That's an encouragement. Every time we do something for each other, in the spirit of the faithfulness of God, we're being encouraging to one another. I could recount instance after instance of people using their gifts, their particular passion for the service of the kingdom, and in doing that, Every single time, 
You're an encouragement to someone else. Jesus gave encouragement to us as well. In addition to promising the gift of the Holy Spirit, who enables us to be encouraging sometimes without even knowing that's what we're doing, we also hear Jesus talk about how he is with us always and about how his victory over sin and death can give us encouragement. Jesus tells about the day that Paul is talking about too, and he says all of this in John 16, verses 19 to 33. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly. I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but I will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe, Jesus replied? A time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That last verse, John 16, 33, is one of my favorites. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. It is as though Jesus is standing right in front of us saying, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory, victory, victory is mine. And in fact, that is exactly what Jesus is doing. Don't give up, friends. Cling fast to your faith. The memorial supper we are about to enjoy together is a constant reminder, an encouragement to us all that Jesus is with us and Jesus has fought for us and Jesus gives us hope. Victory is a battle cry that we can embrace and give each other. 
Because Paul has said that we should be encouraged in that news. And Jesus has said we should take heart with that news. And because I am telling you again today, be encouraged. Where you have opportunity, give that encouragement away. Where you need encouragement, find it from us together or from the words of Christ. And in so doing, you will find yourself becoming more like Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. Now, we are going to receive communion as a reminder of the presence and power of God in our lives. As an encouragement, as a reminder of the victory we have in Christ. No matter what you face today, your life in Christ holds the promise of a victorious finish. Resting in the arms of Jesus for eternity. Likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, 
gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we gather as the body of Christ to offer ourselves to you in praise and thanksgiving. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these your gifts. Make them by the power of your Spirit to be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one in Christ, one with each other, and one in the ministry of Christ to all the world until Christ comes in final victory. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, let us pray together. Please stand. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For in us is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward and participate. I would remind you that we receive communion and do not take it. You come with your hands cupped, you'll put it in your hand, and then you'll be able to dip it into the, um, the cup of juice and take and take your um, and receive the communion. I would ask those who are helping to come forward. This is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you, may it preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. This is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, shed for you, may it preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Eat this in remembrance of Christ, drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you, and be thankful.
stand for a closing prayer and benediction. <coughs> Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you that you graciously feed us. We have duly received these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the body and blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. By this you assure us of your favor and goodness toward us. We are incorporated into the mystical body of your Son, the blessed company of all faithful people. We are heirs through hope of your everlasting kingdom, by the merits of Christ's precious death and passion. Assist us with your grace, Heavenly Father, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and walk in goodness the way you have prepared for us, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom, with you and the Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please open your hands and your hearts to receive the benediction. May the presence of Christ that you have known today be with you through the rest of the week. May you always recognize the abundance of God's grace, love, and mercy in your life, and thankfully and joyfully spend it on those around you who need it most. May you never forget that you are loved, and because he loved you, you can love those around you. You've been to church. Now go be the church. You are dismissed.